Hi, I'm your host, Alan. And this is your co-host, Corbin. And this is your guide to Jurassic World Dominion. Now, since the beginning of the Jurassic World franchise, like since the first Jurassic World that came out in like, what, 2014, I think, um, mm -hmm. there has always been some kind of talk about doing some kind of trilogy with J the Jurassic World movies, right? And by 2015, the third film was basically confirmed by Frank Marshall, who's like the head, one of the head producers on the franchise. And of course, by 2018, Universal made the official announcement that the third and final film of this new trilogy was a now a work in progress. So director Colin Trevorrow had later said that an entire that he wanted the entire trilogy to be planned out. Um, he stated that it's crucial to a franchise like this that if you really want to bring people along with you to make sure that they stay interested. It needs to be a thought through on that level. It can't be arbitrary. The early Jurassic Park movies had a pretty clear definitive endings. They were much more episodic. So before returning for what would be Jurassic World Dominion, Trevorrow was actually set to direct the finale of the Star Wars franchise, of the Star Wars uh, mm. sequel trilogy. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he would, have been called, he would have called it Duel of the Fates. That was like the working title that he had in mind. Um, obviously, it didn't go completely all the way through uh, because, as we know, J.J. Abrams ended up directing the, fi the final film in that trilogy. But uh, Trevorrow used what he learned in the short time that he was on set or the short time that he was working on that project. He used part of what he learned in this new Jurassic World movie, using it, using the Star Wars uh, experience as a practice run, I guess you could mm -hmm. say, to creating a finale of a film. Co-writer of Jurassic World Dominion, uh, Emily Carmichael, was also brought on board after Trevorrow liked what he saw after her work on, on Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, he, he was very impressed with what she was able to do with that film. Mm -hmm. So okay. together, they wanted to go for a similar tone for what the original Jurassic Park was like. Now, there were ideas planned for uh, Fallen Kingdom, the film that came out before this, that ended up actually being removed and kind of worked into what would be this new film in Dominion. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that, you know, they had ideas for what they were going to do with the previous film, but they decided to hold off on them, um, which I think is kind of interesting. I'm curious, wonder what those ideas were, because yeah. we, we talked about the last film. Go back and listen to our review of Fallen Kingdom. We've, uh, we've got some choice words for that one. Yes. Yes, we absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious too. I'm not sure. And maybe we can find a list somewhere of like, or something that, you know, explains more of what these things were. But yeah, I'm curious to know what exactly that, you know, those ideas were that were removed and placed, supposedly placed into this one. Now, Trevorrow stated multiple times that he didn't exactly want to show dinosaurs tearing apart a city. Uh, instead, he wanted to explore more of the idea of humans and animals coexisting with the dinosaurs. He said that he wanted to go for more realism. So, in March 2020, uh, Jurassic World Dominion was put on a hiatus because of COVID-19. And that was like the start of the pandemic at that point. It did end up resuming on July 6th, but had a lot of trouble in production with because of COVID, right? So Malta was, a, for example, was one of the locations that they just had a lot of hard time getting into and out of because of the restrictions on COVID, where if you came out from Malta in the United Kingdom, you had to go into quarantine for two weeks. Um, so there were just a number of issues going into Malta and also just 
basically anything in general because at this point in 2020 this is this is in 2020 so you know everything was had just shut down there's a few months a few months prior um kind of hard to really do much of anything so uh it resumed on july 6th and then halted again in october of that same year because there were way too many covid positive cases on set mm-hmm. uh so they were out for a few weeks um so obviously as we were mentioning covid 19 was a major obstacle in getting this film completed uh it took them 100 days to wrap filming uh they ended up finish finishing on november 7th and then he Basically, a year after that, the film was considered complete. So on November 6, 2021, the film was finished. Now, as we know, this film was not supposed to come out when it did. Um, it was, you know, Obviously, the film came out on June 21st of this year, but it was supposed to come out in 2021. Obviously, because of COVID, that pushed it back. Now, it doesn't look like this film was affected as much by at least its release date as some other films that we know, like Tenet, which was pushed back and forth so many times. Mm-hmm. Um so it sounds like we're getting out of, you know, the films that had moved, had their schedules moved back and forth and back and forth because of, of, you know, the pandemic. Right. But this one was pushed back at least a couple of years, about a year or so from, you know, its original, you know, planned release date in 2021. So audience members uh, that went to go see the ninth entry in the Fast and Furious franchise did get to see a five minute preview of Jurassic World Dominion um, had a number of cut scenes uh, or I guess some cut footage uh, with for a film that ended up being about two hours and 26 minutes long they said that there was about 14 minutes that was cut out uh, of the film and about five of that that was cut out was shown in this preview I think you can actually find it on IMDb I think I found it looking for the trailers so it's not really much to write home about in fact the first half of it is more plays out more like a uh, like a nature documentary uh, and it does anything else yeah, and then the second sure. half gets into more kind of what you're expecting with Jurassic World mm-hmm. Dominion that makes sense but it is it is interesting nonetheless i would have liked to have seen it in the theater because it does have you know a more of a you know nature documentary vibe to it mm-hmm. so with some excellent sound i think it would be really interesting to watch in a theater so a few other notes jurassic world dominion had the most animatronics of the any of the jurassic world films so it had 18 total animatronics i don't know if that i think that kind of includes you know the ones that were half animatronic and also like fully animatronic yeah um i could tell and and also ilm came back and did the cgi again i think they did it on the last two films as well yeah i could tell there was more animatronics than the previous films, it's not as heavily relying mm. on CGI, but it did kind of remind me of those original animatronics from the first film, first couple films. Right. And since they were going for, you know, a similar tone in that first film, um, I could definitely see. I, I also meant, saw, you know, you know, where they would kind of use animatronics versus CGI, but it did feel like they were going a, a bit more towards their roots, which was interesting to see because we hadn't seen that for well, I guess since 1992, um, when that original film came out. So before the film's release, Trevorrow did come on record saying that Dominion is not going to be structured in the way that we're used to seeing Hollywood movies structured. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. a, that's a phrase from him that I thought was very interesting. He's, he's going to have to ex- explain that one to us someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, also for inspiration, uh, Trevorrow watched a lot of Planet Earth. And he also watched certain alien movies. Uh, as to what these movies are, I 
couldn't find that answer. He, it just the article just says certain alien invasion movies. Okay, I mean, I can definitely see this pulling ideas from like Planet Earth documentaries. You know, I could definitely see that part. I'm not sure where the alien invasion yeah, part I've, comes in. No idea personally. what he's talking about there. That's. That's a unique one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Another quote from him. My goal with this trilogy is to, when you reach the very end, to add the very first line that Claire says at the very beginning of the Jurassic World, that is, no one is impressed by a dinosaur anymore, to be proven completely false. That is my goal. With all that being said, we can get into the box office and uh, some ratings. Oh, yeah. Um, so with a budget of $185 million, which is a pretty beefy budget. Oh, yeah. Came in with an opening weekend of $145 million. Yes. And that's, I think that's good. That's pretty good, especially, you know, for, I think a lot of people are returning to theaters. I think there's a, definitely a surge back to theaters. Oh, yeah. Technically of the trilogy, it's the lowest opening weekend, but only by about three million dollars because fallen kingdom opened with 148 and we know that movie went to go on to gross 1.3 billion dollars worldwide and i mean you know with a budget of that much making 145 you know you're getting that's pretty close to your you know getting your budget back opening weekend not quite you're still 40 yeah, million short but yeah that's pretty close oh, yeah. which is a good thing it's what you want Definitely. right um domestically as of this recording uh, which is about, I think, three weeks away from the release date. Uh, domestically, I have $258.9 million so far. So looking all right. Um, yeah, I know you went to double mm -hmm. that if you can, at least in the domestic box office from your budget. Yeah. That's true. I, mean, it's, I think it's on track to do pretty well. Last film was 417 domestically. I don't think we're going to see the numbers of the first Jurassic World, which was 652 million domestically, which is pretty crazy high domestic numbers. Right. But yeah, I mean, grossing a quarter of a billion, like you said, within the first month, I think that's pretty good. I think we're on track for something good. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Four markets at 376.3 million. Um, so for a worldwide total. Uh, as of right now, at $634.2 I'm curious to know if we're going to cross the 1 billion mark, um, you know, being that we're three weeks out. It's, I, I can't really tell. Yeah. Uh, it's possible that we might hit it. Uh, but Yeah, you're right. It is kind of like at this kind of make it or break it moment, I think, where the steam engine is either yeah. going to run out of steam as of this recording, it still did stay number one against Disney Pixar's Lightyear. So I think that's significant. But nevertheless, like I said, the other two films, the first film grossed a crazy $1.6 billion for, I mean, essentially a reboot slash fourth entry in the franchise is pretty incredible. So the previous two films grossed well over a billion. This one is doing very well. I don't know if we're going to get to a billion. I think we might get close, but I don't know if we're going to see the numbers of last time. Right. And I know that there has been, and we'll get into the ratings here in just a second, but there's <laughs> been talk, I know, about, you know, the, I guess, the quality of this uh, finale, uh, which I'm guessing has something to do with the lower numbers. Again, not as low as, you know, a bomb or anything, by no means, but yeah, yeah. not as good as last time. And especially when you're, you know, when you're on your finale of a franchise, um, a little bit lower than I guess I was mm -hmm. expecting. Now, of course, it's not finished with this theatrical run. So, it, you know, 
there's still room for it to do more. It's st- still number one mm-hmm. in the box office. I mean, it yep. beat Lightyear for crying out loud, which mm-hmm. is a big deal. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, obviously, once the once this finishes its theatrical run, it'll be a different story, probably maybe. But that's to be seen. Uh, that's in true. A few weeks from now. All right, Corbin. Uh, so the ratings <laughs> are not looking so great. I'll, I'll I'll give it that. Okay, I'll start off with the most positive one. So I'm going to go a little bit out of order okay. than usual. Rotten Tomatoes audience score is at a 78%. So that's a little bit hopeful compared to everything else. That is hopeful because that is technically 30% higher than the RT audience score for the last film. And it is exactly the same as the score for the first film. Um, technically, it ties with the first film in the new trilogy. Okay. But technically, that makes it the second highest rated audience score in the entire six film franchise interesting uh well uh the rest of the scores are not so great there (laughs) um so audience score of 78 uh critic score of 30 percent that's pretty rotten i gotta say that's kind of shocking that 17 percent lower than last time Mm -hmm. 50 percent lower than the first film and by first film i mean the first jurassic world film not jurassic park right um but across yeah down the line that makes this the lowest rated entry in the in the entire six film franchise on rotten tomatoes for critics anyways right and i remember uh i remember catching the not this score i'll talk about the meta score and the imdb score in a second but i caught these two scores pretty early on when it came out i was like oh no because <laughs> they were the one, they were the meta score was one of the first to actually spit out their score when it was going out for critic previews a few days before the actual release uh yeah that's it wasn't yeah. great so imdb at 6.0 meta score at 38 it hasn't moved much since uh, I, I looked at it that meta score is pretty rock solid in the red this this meta score is honestly kind of surprising now it should be noted the franchise in general has never had great meta scores i mean the original jurassic park got a 68 meta score which is good i would not call that great but across the board everything has had mixed reviews this is the first entry in the franchise to be in the red generally negative reviews the first one Mm -hmm. which is Surprising. It's very surprising that, you know, yeah. it's finally hit the red it is. now. Letterbox also at a 2.5, not great, right in the middle of the score. And as for a cinema score, I would tell you if the site would have loaded. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I cannot get it to load either. And now it just can't even connect to the server and the website. So, All right. yeah, that's what I had to say. As far as we know, the website just to- totally crashed. So the letterbox rating at a 2.5 is technically the lowest in the franchise, just 0.1 below Jurassic Park 3 and Fallen Kingdom. The IMDb score is not the lowest in the franchise. That dishonor belongs to Jurassic Park 3 with a 5.9, which is technically once again 0.1, just 0.1 lower. Um, I did find it interesting because... um, the, I believe the Letterboxd and IMDb scores for Fallen Kingdom have come down since I re- since we recorded, since we reviewed last time. Okay. Um, just by 0.1 each, though, I believe, because I think IMDb was at 6.2. It's now at 6.1. Letterboxd was like a 2.7. Now it's a 2.6. So 
since that time, it has come down, not a lot, but a little. Okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense because I know we've recorded that, I'm pretty sure we've recorded that pretty close to opening weekend um, for the last film. So it doesn't surprise me that it actually went down <laughs> since we recorded yeah, it. No, that's true. Uh, okay. So I did find the cinema score on the Wikipedia page. Uh, Wikipedia has it recorded at an A minus. Uh, somehow I have a feeling that's probably changed, but I can't check because the site's down. So. I guess all we have to go on is what Wikipedia had recorded and who knows when this was, you know, who knows when this is put up. So a minus apparently. I will say, I think I remember seeing that score before the site crashed. Mm -hmm. um, I could be wrong. So that seems accurate to me. Okay. Um, it should be noted. Fallen Kingdom was an A minus and gotcha. Jurassic World. The first one was an A. Technically, those aren't bad scores i would say um especially because if it really is an a minus that's higher than jurassic park 2 and jurassic park 3 but overall awful scores across the board yeah and that's kind of shocking considering i mean go back and listen to our review i mean i think fallen kingdom is abysmal but this this has some significantly lower scores yeah than that i mean for pete's sake Fallen Kingdom has a 51 meta score. So that's just straight up generally mixed, like straight down the, the line. Critics were kind of split on the movie right. I, on Fallen Kingdom. I OK, Alan, I, I guess I can go ahead and say it now. I rewatched Fallen Kingdom before this. OK, I don't know if you got got a chance to rewatch any of them. Since we're talking about it right now, I'll go ahead and say it. I rewatched Fallen Kingdom. My original rating, I think, was a four. I have now dropped it down to a one. Oh, out of 10, wow. Which is which is below you. You rated that movie a two out of ten. Mm -hmm. I think yep. that movie is straight up hot garbage. There's oh. really nothing redeemable about it whatsoever. Well, now you kind of make me you're kind of making me want to go back and watch it again now. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember we none of us, it was you, me, and Curtis were on that were on that podcast, uh -huh. and now all three of us were like, this movie's just horrible. So now it is uh, now I'm kind of wanting to go back and see what my thoughts are now, because it has been since we saw it in the theater. I haven't watched it since I haven't had any reason to go back and watch it since. So now I'm curious to know yeah. what's going to now I'm curious what my thoughts are, if they how much they've changed since then. Cause it's been since 2018. It has. It's been uh, once we hit the 22nd, it will have been four years since that movie mm. came out, which is quite a while. It is quite a while. But yeah, yeah the last little piece of trivia i'll note is this is the longest entry in the entire six film franchise um nothing really comes close to the runtime this outpaces everything by about 20 minutes yeah i think i mentioned uh, that it was about things at two hours 26 minutes uh, which mm -hmm. is pretty long i remember i saw that runtime uh, when <laughs> i caught a glimpse of the scores pretty early on i was like whoa two and a half hours whoa all right yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all right well listeners uh definitely want to come back on monday because corbin and i will be talking about this movie in full with all the spoilers so corbin i'll see you on monday all right i'll see you on monday and listeners definitely don't miss out on our full review coming monday for jurassic world dominion
The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.